This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get up, get up, get up. It's the Get Up Show. Well, here it is, and welcome to podcast number 17. Uh, Lucky number 17 is a winner. It's Sean and Charlie and Maddie from the Get Up Show on the Simon Says Podcast. Please like and share and do those things. Am I saying all the things that you say at the beginning of these? Is that Uh, it? Like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff, yes. Five-star reviews. Ah, Do it. I I never get that stuff right. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you're with us. I wanted to talk about something kind of serious at the beginning, and it's not JoJo Siwa's hair down. No, God, don't go there. No ponytail. What's happening? Wow. She looks so different, man. I'm so glad she did that because I felt like she was tortured. I felt like she was being made to stay a child, you know? like. like well, Ariana she's 17, Grande. so, yeah. Yeah. It's like poor Ellie Mae Clampett, who they had in that tied-off shirt until she was 90. You know, poor thing. <laughs> Look. Let her grow old. Let her do her thing. But so, no, it's not that. It's about how people are dealing with the changes and the lockdown. And you know that people are sitting home by themselves dealing with depression. And they might not even know that that's what that is. And I don't know if you guys, because we don't talk about this kind of stuff, have dealt with depression. But I have. And it can change the entire way you think about everything in your life it can take away your motivation to do anything in your life to pick up the telephone yeah to make yourself a meal to walk out of the house to do to, to wash your clothes to do anything it can take away so much from you and it's so important to remember when i say this people sometimes look at me funny because at first it sounds like i'm dismissing it but depression is not real and what i mean by that not that it isn't a real condition and not that what you feel when you have depression is not a real feeling because it, it is obviously but what it makes you feel and the way that it makes your brain process is not real it's a distortion of reality and right. when you have those feelings of i'm not worth making that phone call or i'm not worth getting out of bed it doesn't make any difference right. those are or not no real. one cares that's not real no. And if if you're feeling that way, that's not the real you. That's not the you that people love and care about. And when I realized that and when I thought about it this way, it's almost like looking at everything in a funhouse mirror and everything is warped and everything is wrong. 
and everything is weird and out of shape. And that's what depression does. Very much so. It's a similar condition to something like, you know, anorexia or something to where people see themselves so very differently than the world sees them. And that's the same thing that depression does. Yeah. And the the quicker, I mean, it's not a fast thing and it's not like it's a, oh, okay, I get it now. All better. You, it, I wish, I wish it worked that way. But if you can crack the door on it and if you can start to recognize that it's not you, you're not bad, you're not worthless, you're not a problem. It's it's a chemical thing and your brain is straight up lying to you about you. If you can grasp that and just hang on to that until you can find the right thing. For me, it was medication. I tried all of them. If you can name one, I bet you I took it and I bet you I hated it. Mm -hmm. I had such bad side effects from probably 10 or 15 of them over the years until I finally got onto Wellbutrin. And after dealing with the side effects, it was like a light switch. And I don't know if you guys have dealt with any of that or if you take medication for that. We don't even have to talk about whether you do or not. Oh, for but sure. I, I think that with people dealing with it, it's it, it's okay for us to talk about that because people out there are having this and it's really risen to the top now with people being alone so much. You can't go out sure. and mask it. You know what, what's absolutely crazy is that you know we're in a profession where we get up and we do events. Where well we used to yeah. <laughs> do events and do things in front of crowds. You know all sorts of people. We're going out to events and things. And I used to have just crippling anxiety when it came to that. Yeah. And it was the worst. Like I would be up all night, like freaking out and all this stuff until I finally got it figured out and dialed in. And, and yeah, it, it, it's amazing how something as simple as talking to someone and then realizing, oh, well, this isn't completely normal. Like the idea that it's completely normal to be anxious about things, but it's mm -hmm. not normal to have it devastate your life, you know, that kind of right. thing. Like there was a slight imbalance. And so, yeah, I got on something and hundred percent, you know, turnaround. Now, does it still tweak out every once in a while? Oh, for sure. Like I still yeah. am not a huge fan of large crowds and whatnot or strange situations, but that said, it's a lot better than it used to be. I will say that, um, you know, for many years, I'm in a relationship now and live with my boyfriend and his son, but for many years I lived by myself and I can only, I am so grateful that something like this didn't happen during that time because I'm not sure how I would have handled it. Just being alone all the time, nowhere to go, no people to see, you know, no events going on, nothing like that. So especially if you have friends like that, even if they've never battled depression that you know of before or anything like that, just give them a phone call, just check on them, just make sure that they know that you know they're there. Absolutely. Because it, it can get worse and worse and worse. And, and it, it is, it's such a lie. It's so fake and it's so made up by your brain and it can make you think crazy things because if it ever gets to the point where you're at a place where you think it's not worth it to stay alive versus feeling this way, there's no way that's real. There's no, no way that that's reality. And, it's never and, the better option. And again, it's so funny, you know, that people don't realize how many people 
And and that's why I think it is good to, to say, like, you know, you say you don't if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, like I 100 percent do. And because, you know, I think it's important for people who do or are dealing with, you know, things like that to speak up, especially if you found some some relief to let other people know that you're not alone and there's a way to kind of get the word out on things or, you know, the, you, yeah. can, you can find there, there, there are things that help it make make it better. And for some and you, people, it's not. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, if you try to talk to somebody about it and maybe they kind of dismiss you or they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You're fine. Whatever. Talk to somebody else. Find somebody yeah. who get who gets it and and really will let you talk and get it out because that will make you feel better. And the thing about drugs, some people don't like to take medicine, just are against popping pills of any kind. Sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's going for a walk or cutting out certain grains. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can try that'll change that. So and also, I mean, just there's a big stigma sometimes on the idea of talking to a therapist or talking to somebody and that I 100 percent am on board with that. You know, I, I had found somebody who I really like to talk to. And it, it's sometimes great to get a third person, you know, like a third party take on things. Because mm -hmm. I would say something like, hey, this is going on and this is what I'm thinking. And they're like, but did you ever consider this? And you're like, oh, my goodness, you're right. I never thought of whatever you said. You know? Yeah, man. I, the thing is, you got to be careful because there's varying degrees of those guys, just like any other profession. Like you have sure. plumbers who are just great and they come in and they do a great job and they leave and you never have to call them again. And you're like, man, that was True. a great plumber. Wow, that was worth the money. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with those guys. Over over the course of my life, I, I I can't I don't know if I've ever really counted, but I've been to double digits of those guys. And some of them, when you walk in and you have your first meeting, and they start writing on the yellow pad, you can say, "Oh, okay, this guy read the book. I know how this this is going to go." And you start playing the dance with them, and you start telling them exactly what they want to hear, so you can get through that forty nine minutes, so you can get out of there because you know it's not going to be productive. You know, mm -hmm. there's don't give up on that first guy because True, there are is, a lot of them. Yeah, that's yes. 100% real because I definitely, like, I went and saw somebody and I, I even knew when I showed up to their office and I'm not going to describe the situation just because it was in Greensboro and I, it, it, it was very unique. But yeah. I knew right from the get-go, I'm like, this is probably not going to work for me. Stuck it yeah. out, did one, you know, and then I was like, well, let's move on. <laughs> let's make a I'll few more you, phone calls. <laughs> my regular doctor is even good at this stuff. I don't have anybody that I go and talk to right now. I had a guy who was cool who hypnotized me and helped me get some sleep stuff going a while back. And he was cool, but he moved or whatever. But um, my regular go to the doctor doctor is good at this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. he's not a shrink, but he listens and he responds and he has suggestions. He's just a cool guy to talk to. So even that, if you go to yeah. the doctor and they ask, tell them. Yeah, my doctor's like that too. I love my doctor. I call him PC. Definitely, I know that my um, one of my good friends. She her OBGYN is like that. Like she, after she had had her son and everything, you know, and then so just she didn't realize that it was maybe it wasn't really like post or, or postpartum. It was just stress and being overwhelmed and whatever. And he listened and was able to help her. And that's the thing, you know, that's kind of what they're, they're not just there to see why your toe is bleeding. It's also, right. <laughs> they know other things too. Yeah. They're just asking you why all that glitters down there. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's on the washcloth. Yeah. Right. It was, I didn't know. 
<laughs> so anyway, we we're here, man. You know, it's a weird time, but you obviously you just heard all three of us say it. We've all been through it, and good God, I, I've been through it to where I didn't think I was going to get out the other side of it. But I'm here to tell you, it gets better. It affects every part of your life. But when I say it's fake, it's not real. That doesn't mean what you're feeling, the way you feel is fake, but what it tells you about yourself, completely fake. Funhouse mirror. Remember, it's a funhouse mirror. Yeah. Don't believe it. And it's especially like heightened now because of everything that's oh, going on for sure. Jeez, and crackers. So yeah, Memorial just... Day is... Oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. We're, let's, move, let's move on. Yeah, right on. Memorial Day is coming. It's going to be here in a minute. And it reminds me, every time Memorial Day rolls around, I think about sitting in my cousin's car down at the dock listening to the... Memorial Day 500, the best 500 rock songs of all time. We're counting them down all weekend. Gonna have the number one rock song of all time Monday at 11.50 p.m. Be sure you're listening. Don't miss one. You you guys remember those, don't you? Oh, sure. Yeah, we used to do all sorts of different, like, those weekends and whatnot when we were doing radio in D.C., for sure. Oh, geez, but I'm talking about growing up listening to those on, like... See, FM 99 yeah. was the one that used to do it over on the Eastern Shore. We could pick them up out of Norfolk, and they would do it. And every year, you'd listen to it, and you'd hear all the classic rock, and you'd be like, oh, man, that is BS, man. They're number 49. That should be number 20, man, bro. <laughs> right. Man. And then every year, number one would be Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. It uh, never Why does it? They make new songs. Why does it never change? <laughs> God, that's classic, man. That's classic rock. If it wasn't Stairway to Heaven, it would be Sweet Home Alabama. I think those are the two. They would rotate. You know, one year Sweet Home Alabama, one year Stairway to, Stairway to Heaven. But, God, I miss that stuff, man. I miss those waiting for the number one song and, you know, waking up in the middle of the night to see where they were and stuff like that. You know, does anybody well, still do stuff like that? I have. I still have my vcr tapes that my aunt recorded for me of the top 100 videos from mtv during the years of like when bon jovi was big and whatever um those were you know she would record them for me because we didn't have mtv so but i'm sure people remember staying up on new year's eve new year's day whatever watching those to to see what is the number one video of the year what madonna again you know (laughs) Did you see the whole thing that someone had released online, like hours and hours and hours of MTV, like original MTV recording? Oh yeah. Uh, what I mean by that is like just the like someone had recorded on VHS, like hours of MTV and just released it. And now uh, Viacom, who owns um, MTV, has come out trying to shut it down. Really? Which is such crap. Because I mean, what does that hurt? What does that? Well, hurt if they're not you? gonna release it, do you and- know? I don't remember all that. I mean, I know I was there for it, but for some reason, that's like a blank spot in my brain tape. I I know I was watching (laughs) MTV quite a bit because I loved it. But, geez, it's like all of that stuff. I remember when MTV came out and how cool that was, and we all tried to dress like that. And then the next thing I remember about MTV was Beavis and Butthead. It's like a whole blip in there that's gone from my brain. (laughs) Wow. I I like that jump, though. Yeah, there was you know what? There was a lot of stuff going on during that time, because that would have been what? 80 something to 80, 80 something to 90 something. There was, there was a lot going on in there, man. 
Yeah. Gosh, I just see, like I said, we didn't have MTV because we didn't have cable at my house. So anytime I went to my aunt and uncle's, to my friend's house, whatever, it was like you could find me glued to that television watching MTV. I was just so enamored by the whole thing. So have you gone and watched some of these? Because we talked about this on the radio show the other day about how they're releasing content like years at a time worth of MTV content with all the original VJs and original videos as if you were back in that time. And we were talking about plopping down and watching like Spring Break 1987 or Headbangers Ball or any of that kind of stuff. Do you think it would hold up? Do you think you would sit there and stay with it if you tried to watch it now? Yes. Really? Because it's so nostalgic to me. Um, and a lot of those, you know, a lot of those old videos and stuff, it's just so nostalgic. And then I'm in one. So there's that. Uh, all right. Tell us that story. Yeah, <laughs> I am in a music video that aired on Headbangers Ball and even had some friends from back home that were like, dude, we know we saw you. Is that you in that video? Um, it's a band called Every Mother's Nightmare. Hmm. And they had a song called Love Can Make You Blind. And they it was when I was in college in Memphis and they shot it at one of the clubs we used to go to all the time. And I was right up by the stage and I know exactly where I am in that video. Like right, right after he lays down on the stage playing his guitar, you can see me hold my hands up right there, whatever. Yeah. I'm in a, in a rock and roll music video. So you were an original uh, video vixen from back in the day. Well, I don't know that I'd go that far, but (laughs) I'm at the stage holding my hands up, rocking out to the band. Intercom communications legal constraints prevent us from playing the audio of Every Mother's Nightmare. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But, oh, you know what? I have a similar story. Very similar story. Speaking of being in a rock video. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The group Hanson put out a movie called... The Road to Albertine, which is like a tour movie. <laughs> yeah. A lot of hard rockin' party scenes in that. And oh, sure, did, I'll bet. They did a press conference at the Planet Hollywood in Washington, D.C., at which I stood up and asked them a question. Welcome to Washington, Hanson Brothers. This is really a big day for all of your fans. Look at these people here who love you so much. This is no doubt the biggest day in these young people's lives. What will you say to these people to carry away with them? What do you think of the impact that you're having on these young people? Go ahead with your answer, please. Wow, super deep. And And when when the movie came out, you see me stand up to to ask them the question, but instead of my beautifully constructed question... In my voice, you hear, what do you think of your fans and what do you want to say to them? (laughs) (laughs) That's, it's like the same thing, but so not. (laughs) So Uh, they overdubbed you. (laughs) Yeah, man, this guy's real wordy. Let's just get it straight to the point. That was a good. (laughs) Yeah. This douche here with the big hair. Go ahead and cut him out. Hey, Ronnie, Ronnie, get over here and say this. So. I called my mom when the movie came out because they had told me somebody from the label said, hey, man, you're in the movie. I was like, what? I'm in the movie. I never saw it. And uh, I I called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, I'm in a movie. She goes, you are. She went out and bought it. And she got it home and popped it into VRC. And it got to the part where I'm on there. She goes, well, I saw you on there, but 
that's not you talking. That's not your talking. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. Yeah. <laughs> so there's my video story. Maddie, you got one? Uh... No, the, I auditioned to be the uh, MTV VJ that one time. Oh, what? I went to that too. Yeah, they did. I remember it was real big. They did one around here, and I can't remember. It was because it was when I was working at 98.7 the first time. And They I did it off. at the train station. Yes. There I was, was there. <laughs> oh, no way. What? <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think I did the overnight, and then I went right there and waited and waited and waited and waited and then got in for two seconds and, you know, that was that. <laughs> yeah, me and the Sky Shark from 106.5 The End, we both, we drove up there and we stood there and it was cold. Yep. It was rainy. We stood there all day long oh. and got almost up there and decided, screw this, we're out of here. Are you <laughs> no we way. didn't do the audition. Weak. Come on, man. You I drove know. all well, that way and stood in the rain. I forget what the reason was. There was something something about after we filled out the thing, we were like, I don't know if we were too old or what. There was something in there that, that made us it. go. I think it was, actually, because at that point I was like 28, and I think they were like you could only be 25 and under or something like that. Well, did they end up finding anybody here, or was that just part yeah. of the big... No, the chick that they ended up picking was um, she had been a Winston Cup girl and actually had dated Dale Earnhardt Jr. for a short period of time. I forget what her name was, but yeah, they picked a girl from here. See, that's where my memory just, I blur things after a while. I thought that was the same year that they had that stupid Jesse Camp kid. (laughs) Oh, it was. Oh my God. Was it? No, well, he won the whole thing, but they did auditions in different places. Right, okay, so there was somebody... They they took so quote unquote someone went to Hollywood basically yeah so pretty much yeah all right see I, I forgot about Jesse man I did a show with him somewhere one time oh, yeah big tall fun. guy yeah that poor guy he was so druggy <laughs> whatever happened to him allegedly like, the other was. one was Puck remember Puck well yeah he was oh yeah I met Puck hung out with did Puck you? a few times he used to come to Myrtle Beach all the time. Yeah, Puck was, I I was on the phone with Puck trying to get him to come do a show because his management said he was impossible to deal with and he was not going to do a show. Next thing you know, I hear from Puck directly and he says, no, man, don't talk to them. You want me to come? Here's what it costs. And he threw out a crazy figure. It was like, you know, $5,000 to get him to show up to do anything plus first class travel and accommodations and everything. And then he went on to tell me that at that moment, he was somewhere climbing a mountain to go dig up ginseng roots and how much money he was making per backpack full of ginseng roots. Yeah. And that was how he was making his money at that time. And I was like, mm, okay, hey, look, neat talking to you, Dave Buck. Thanks. <laughs> he actually, so there was a club in Myrtle Beach called Club Kryptonite, and they used to have some of those celebrities from the different MTV reality <laughs> shows, they'd pay him to come in and hang out and whatever. And Puck used to come there all the time. And he actually was a pretty decent guy. We used to hang, he was, he was pretty cool. Who was, uh, what was his name? The, the, oh, Johnny Fairplay. Did you know oh, he's from no. Greensboro? I did not hmm? know that. Yeah. He pops up every once in a while or he used to. I remember uh, we'd be hanging out at the corner down uh, like Walker and uh, yeah. Elam. And I remember one time he popped up in there and I was like, oh my God, it's, uh, what's his face? 
And someone was like, yeah, he's here all the time, blah, 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 blah. But it, you know, Now, it, who is he? Yeah, what's he famous for? He was the guy who said his grandmother died on Survivor and to get everyone's sympathy and oh. turned out she was alive. Like he, he was yeah. he was like one of the first reality show bad guys who, who you know what fell in his lane. You know what I remember him for is there was some show full of idiots. It was like a reality show bad guy award show or something, and he ran oh, out yeah. and jumped on Danny Bonaducci's back. And Danny Bonaducci flipped him over, and Johnny Fairplay landed on his teeth and broke all his teeth. Yes. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about him. Wow. I do, I do remember that. Danny that, Bonaducci is a lunatic. He's yeah. A, he's enormous, too. Like, that's yeah. the other thing. He's massive, like, muscly massive. But, yeah, mm -hmm. he's that's a guy I wouldn't want to necessarily mess around with or be around just because of years of being a child actor and then everything that guy's seen. Yeah, yeah and I feel like you never know when he could flip. Yeah. <laughs> flip the switch. Yeah, he probably never knows either. Here's something <laughs> else that came up the other day was the story about the woman who had been seeing a guy. I don't think they're married, but I don't remember really. It doesn't matter the story. She discovered that his way of peeing was to crouch on top <laughs> okay. of the toilet seat. All right. Like wait. standing. His feet are on the toilet seat. Now and he's crouching on it. Well, hold on. For for when we talked about it on the air, you, yeah, you were saying that that's how he was going to pee. I, we let it go just because we can't really get into it. But since it's the podcast, it's not what he was doing. He's oh, pulling. he wasn't peeing that way. No, nah, he was definitely going number two. <laughs> oh, because see, I have this whole thing about <laughs> guys who sit down to pee. Because there was a movie with Gina Davis one time. <laughs> Years ago, where Gina Davis was a spy, I can't remember the name of it now. Chi Wiz. Long Kiss Goodnight? It was it? Was that, that the one with one Samuel L. Jackson? Where she loses yeah. her memory? Yeah. 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 Wow. Because the guy, the guy, uh, Morse, I can't remember his last name. He's a great actor. The guy with the curly hair that was her, uh, um, yeah, her husband remember. or her fiance in the movie. She uh, woke up and she had no memory. And she said, um, well, that's the guy I'm engaged. We're engaged. And Samuel L. Jackson knew that that meant that they were going to kill each other, that they were spies who were engaged in battle. But she oh. just knew the word engaged. So she thought they were going to get married. She said, I know everything about him. I know that he sits down to pee. And when I heard that, a bell went off in my head. I was like, a guy sits down to pee? Wait just a minute here. What, is, what does he know that I don't know? Then I did some <laughs> research on this thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is, look, this is life-changing stuff. If guys are out there listening, if you've never done it, you need to do it. Because you don't realize the mess that you're making all over the place, wherever you go. You're a disgusting pig. And you're making <laughs> right? a splattery mess all over everybody's house. And you have no respect for anything or anybody. Sit down to pee. Start doing it today. It doesn't make you less of a man. I promise. Well, that's going to be weird at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> but those of us who have to clean the bathrooms in the house very much so would appreciate that. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. Even Daniel Tosh says always sit down to pee. He I'll also says yeah. always wipe. Don't matter if you did anything or not. Huh. Well, <laughs> I, I'm more on board with the second one. I generally will only sit down if it's like late at night or if I'm super drunk. 
<laughs> good plan. Yeah, because I've definitely done the stagger pee, and that's never a good thing. So Mm-mm, that goes everywhere. Well, you, you're falling around, and then you know, then, dude. Then you're you next thing no you know, idea. you're in the tub, and the shower curtain's all over you, and you're peeing. Still, <laughs> and and, pee, and you're still peeing this whole time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but. Listen to me, man. It's just like a little bit of luxury. It's not an at work thing. You, it, when we go back to work, you wouldn't be doing that. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of me time every time. So now that said, are you saying you do kind of see where he was, where he was at with squatting on the top of the toilet seat? No way. That guy's a freak. <laughs> Hell out of here. What's he thinking about? I he like needs the, to move back to the woods. My favorite He's was thinking that, about the... Go the ahead. unicorn that on the squatty potty that poops out ice cream. Look, look, I don't I care what that cream, unicorn says. <laughs> yeah, no man, that unicorn could go to hell. I ain't eating your ice cream, unicorn. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I just, I like the fact that she described it as like he squats like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings movies. And I just, that's the first thing that I pictured was this gray, like, fishy man <laughs> squatting and like, ah, precious, must use the toilet, precious. But they they don't have correct boundaries in their life. If she's watching this guy poop, they they got to have a talk, man. Right. There's certain things that still it's like, no, close the door. I don't need to know anything about that. No. Yeah. yeah, That's kind of a we it's we all know that it happens. And that's especially once you move in with somebody. It's like, look, we can acknowledge that we know what happens when this is happening. But we don't need to really get real into it and not once in my life have i ever crossed that boundary of hey you might have a hang out in here while you take a dump it's like that's never no gonna way. happen no Plus, I, can't, don't. I don't even i don't even want to hear you say those words in a row come on man <laughs> go back edit that out <laughs> no way. Re- <laughs> reverse well, <'cause> that <laughs> there's a thing called being too comfortable in a relationship and i think that's where the line gets yes. crossed because it you start you really start losing attractiveness and sexiness when you know everything when you see a guy with his feet on the toilet seat poop and you can't go back <laughs> you cannot go back how do you and then how do you get all like hey baby with that but even still my favorite thing with that was that from that from that thing that reddit post she said that it wasn't even that she didn't mind that part as much it was the fact that then he would take his bare toilet feet and and put them on everything like that's the part that grossed her out and everyone else was like you know your phone is dirtier than that toilet seat and that well and it's in your house it's not like it's a public one it's in your house so it should be fairly clean but then that's the thing so she's upset about the fact that his toilet feet are on everything not the fact that he squats on it like he's perched like a gargoyle waiting to (laughs) protect this toilet yeah, she doesn't read the news much because here are some things, just a short list of things that are much dirtier than your toilet seat right now. Gas pump handles, kitchen sponges, money and credit cards, lemon and lime wedges, door handles, ATM buttons, computer keyboards, your phone, restaurant menus. As I said, that's a short list. And I don't put my bare feet on many of those things. Nah, not Oh much, my gosh. Man. Speaking of oh the lemon God. and lime wedges, are we ever going to be able to have those again? No. No, never again. They are out. Ooh, here's another one that she she's got a lot more stuff to worry about than his toilet feet getting in her bed. Your carpet is dirtier than a toilet seat. Your and How many times do you lay down on that? 
your saving the world reusable shopping bag is has more fecal matter than any bathroom you've ever been in. The TV remote. So if you're gonna naked squat on anything, your your toilet seat is probably the safe bet. Get off that TV remote and your grocery bag. Yeah, and the ice in your drink. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just getting this ice for you. <laughs> this is cleaner than the other way. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're just about at time. Uh, yes. Listen, seriously, back to that stuff we were talking about earlier. Don't lay around and wallow in your own bad feelings because you're better than that. Don't believe that mess because it's not real. I promise. Leave us a message on the Simon line. Send us an email. Send us a Facebook post. Do something. Let us know you're out there. We answer all our messages because we ain't got nothing going on. We love you, all right? So just, just right, let us and- know. And everyone else, take a minute to check on your friends and family members. Just, you know, shoot them a little, hey, you know, how are you dealing? How's this going? Kind of thing. You know, they, they need that. They need to hear from you. Till next time. I think that's a good thing to leave everybody on. Yeah. And sure. if anyone needs it, I've got the inflatable dinosaur suit for uh, hugs at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make everybody happy. Rip off. The, lar- the arms ain't long enough. So don't set Darn everybody it. up for failure on that. <laughs> Next time, babies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.